In this episode of The Coach's Trail, we kick off season two by exploring the notion of excellence. Throughout the season, we will be exploring this idea through the lens of the container and segments we build on the show, as well as through some special guests. So stick around and let's get started. Welcome to The Coach's Trail, Season 2, Episode 1. I'm your co-host, Sardog, and my other co-host here. Yeah, Matt Schmidt, Schmitty. Really looking forward to Season 2 kicking off. We just had a good little combo to get the campfire going. I am ready to hit the trail. Oh, yeah. And by the way, I actually have a name, too, Jeff Sari. (laughs) <laughs> and we, yeah, and we uh, created this podcast to really help young adults, college age adults, really thrive in their lives. And in this season, we're going to explore and discover this notion of excellence or this way that we can be outstanding in multiple areas of our lives. I love that because it seems like that's what we find when we work with that demographic, that audience of college age students. I feel like I learn just as much from them about, you know, these things is that's one of the, I think one of the great rewards of working with that group is like, oh man, I just discovered something with them. It's this kind of uh, back and forth. Reciprocity, the dialectic of teacher and student all wrapped into one. It's perfect because we have some things to talk about and to teach, but we also want to listen and hear and feel into this thing called excellence because it's a intangible thing that I think a lot of us are in quest of. So we're going to go into what we call our centering question. And Schmidt brought up an awesome way to think about this. And we call it the coach's calibration instead of centering question, because it, it's way more uh, effective and kind of speaks to exactly what we're trying to do is get on these calls and calibrate together in real time. So how you doing, buddy? What, what, what are we calibrating on today? What, what's having you calibrate to this session? So, yeah, I was saying twisting these screws together on the side of my brain uh, with a little bit of the smoke coming out because we were saying, you know, what would be a good calibrating question? We had talked a little bit about uh, burning the candle at both ends. That was a little messy, you know, um, maybe too much. And it was like, but how much can we do? And we got talking randomly about this phrase because I think you said cuckoo could chew <laughs> or cuckoo could you do. And it reminded me of my grandfather when he would we would see each other. It would be this little game between him and I when we first saw each other. Who could get each other first with this little phrase of how much wood would a woodchuck chuck? And then whoever said that first, the other person would say he'd chuck as much wood as a woodchuck could if a woodchuck could chuck wood. It was just this cool little riddle, right, that we would do with each other. But it was that indirect way of checking in with each other, the little subtle thing like, and it was fun, you know. So it's like, but when we're thinking about how much we can do, sometimes we're getting overwhelmed. What are those little subtle ways we check in with people? Mm, That's awesome. So really, he's coming up for you, and that helps you calibrate to this session in that thinking back about his, you know, is he still alive? No, he's passed. Yeah. And um, it reminds me of those people in my life who made that mark, that little influence. Mm. And it's that aspiration to be there that way for other people. Mm. And who are those people that are still there for me in that way? Mm. But no, yeah, he passed away. It's probably been, geez, um, eight, nine years now. But he certainly had that influence on me. And that's definitely a positive memory. 
Love that. And it really, uh, that speaks to me too, because, and I'm loving how we're bringing the elders onto the the call, the, the deceased elders, you know, and I had a grandfather as well, who just was a joy to be around. He was always positive. He's always talked about, you know, business and how to be better. And I mean, he died in 1991. So I was, I don't know, 20 years old or something like that. And he left an indelible impression on me uh, as a man. And I had to go through my own coach, you know, my own trail of darkness uh, for some time before, you know, really kind of gleaning some of the the things that he was talking about. And uh, as you're saying that now, it's actually helping me calibrate to that whole uh, span of the legacy of our of our tribe too, right? Because we're talking to the young adults, but you know, grandfathers were young adults at one point, and you know they had so much wisdom, and and here we are, kind of smack dab in the middle of it. You know, it's forty ish people. <laughs> Well, it's funny that we went away from burning the candles at a, the both ends to not get too heavy. And then yet we just whoop looped into it. But I mean, that's the great thing about it. I think that, you know, people who are wise and whether that's older folks or young folks who are wise, they have this knack of like they could just put you at ease, you know, and they could connect with you in this certain way with the how much wood would a woodchuck chuck. But yet there was so much more to that. Right. And of course, we'd have other conversations as well. But yeah, I, I think it's good. And um, so those people in our lives, but who are those others that help us calibrate? You're certainly one of those for me. Mm, love it. And you too. Yeah, we fulfill that for each other. It's 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 awesome. So I think we need to shift into what the um, Schmidt and I did some planning, a few sessions of planning. And of course, Schmidt is the big idea guy and it flows. And sometimes I can't quite track it. And that's my track. My, me neither. My me neither, man. <laughs> but you came up with this idea called the big sofa. And, you know, we used to have the vision wheel and um, realer than real on, on season one. So we figured we'd change it up. So what we're going to do is go into the big sofa for Schmitty and then uh, the stress shop for Sardog. So what's on the big sofa? Can you tell us what it is? And then. Yeah, man, I'm ready. And the piece that's the big part about the big sofa I love is that season two, I think we were talking and we we're like, what's the theme for season two? And we were like trying to think about that. And we were wrestling with it. I don't think we came with that initially. I think we kind of had these different little parts like, oh, the stress shot makes sense for you and big sofa makes sense for me. And then excellence emerged from that. Right. And I think a big piece about the big sofa is that that's where I'm looking. Right. And when I think about the big sofa, it was an acronym. Right. Big sofa was. But the big part about the big sofa is that it's it's looking out from there in that vista of where is excellence? What is excellence? Not only to discover in the world, but for me. Mm -hmm. But it's also about sitting down and taking a minute to think about that. So it kind of that's that's part of what the big sofa means. But if I chop up the parts of big sofa, the big stands for um, boundaried intentional and generous or gratitude. And that comes from Brene Brown's work. She's someone I look to for that kind of inspiration, but it could also be John Wooden. It could also be Leo Babata, who I love from Zen Habits, uh, Bob Goff, who I've been reading, right? So all these people of inspiration, who are those big people in your life? And when you sit down on the big sofa, right? It's let's sponge that in. So what's the, so I actually broke down sofa into S O W like sewing. So I don't know if people are staying with me or not, if they can sow these seeds, but that's a model I use in soccer coaching when I'm coaching out on the field. And the S stands for success. The O stands for outcomes and the W stands for wins. 
Now, I know that's two acronyms, so I think we can kind of pause there on all that heaviness. But the key is breaking down what is success, you know, because so often it's just like if we're playing soccer. So with the players, this is a great example. You know, it's like we want to score goals. We want to win. OK, so how do you do that? OK, well, you got to get close to the goal. Well, how do you get close to the goal? Well, we got to use passing. We got to use dribbling. So there's these skills. So we break down those technical skills. So if we're doing a session today, if we were out coaching for 30 minutes, what are the technical skills to dribble well? That's success. Okay, if Jeff's trying to stop me from doing that, me and you going one-on-one, we may have to set that up, a little one-on-one time. (laughs) But those would be the outcomes. How many times out of 10 do I get by you? And then how many times do I score a goal or do I win? That's the W, right? The more that I do those things of success, the better I'll improve my chances for outcomes and then move into the win. So that's, that's, that's a big sofa. And we can kind of sit on the big sofa and we can talk about that, but I think it's helpful, right? Like looking back at the things I've done or the people I've seen being excellent, having that way to break it down. So it's not so big. Mm. It's a little love seat. <laughs> yeah, a little love seat. And uh, I love that because, you know, they are just words, you know, like intention and, um, you know, goals. And but if you're not thinking about those things, then you're not focused on them. And that's what a good acronym like that does. It helps you really organize your thinking and actions around these high quality uh, facets of our journey into excellence, like practice you know, goal and skill building, but then there's practice and then there's review. How's it going? And then there's like assessment or metrics. Are you winning? You know, are you getting by this person uh, three out of 10 times? Like what, what's the deal? You know what I love about the word you, you tuned me into the word practice. It certainly is a way to help me with my focus, which as we talked about before, I have some attentional challenges, but that actually helps me overcome them, right? Because I'm leaning in on other people and things that I ha- actually have practiced, which is super helpful, right? Um, but another cool thing that it does is when I get motivated like that, it gets my butt off the sofa, mm. <laughs> right? Because I can sit there and think about stuff for a while. <laughs> so it gets me out and reminds me, oh yeah, I did some shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll, uh, you do you feel complete on that, on the big sofa? For this time, and the good news is we got all season. We'll we'll build on that. I'll talk more next time, but yes, I think that's a good start, dude. I can't wait to actually be able to bring my pro microphone and sit next to you on the friggin' sofa, and you know, then we're literally on a sofa, the big one. Not, oh. not a love seat. Let's be clear, not a love seat. <laughs> not, not yet. I, we'll build up to that. It's just, by season three will be <laughs> there, there we go and then by season five i have my uh, legs across your lap <laughs> it's getting real and the thing that i want to transition with here is that lo- the big sofa is going to be in the stress shop so tell me what's the stress shop look like baby hey <laughs> you know when coming up with this idea in my work as a uh, business and life coach yeah it's not, here's the thing, and this is my slogan, it's not if stress happens, it's when, right? And if you think of like any shop, like a wood shop or even on the on the practice court, Schmitty, where, you know, you're wood shedding, right? You're, you're practicing these things and you're using these uh, mistakes and these skill building and you just, you go into town. I'm a drummer, so how many uh, broken sticks did I have over the course of my uh, years of drumming and still do? 
you know, so there's a shop component of this. So how do we use our stress and put it through the laboratory of uh, reflection? Because a lot of times what happens when we feel stressed, we just react to it. And everyone listening knows exactly what that means. And so if we can actually see stress as uh, a, a teacher for us, then we're taking it to the shop, right? So that's kind of the idea behind the stress shop. It's going to happen. So what are we going to do when it when it shows up? And I'm noticing in, in the work with my students recently, uh, there's so many in my in my clients, there's so many issues that people have. And it's normal. We all have issues. And I want to take those issues, though, and I want to reflect on them, sit on the big sofa with them, reflect on what do they want? What are they doing to try to get that? And, you know, is it productive? Is it really producing a good outcome? And so stress actually becomes like a message in a bottle, you know, like a, um, a whisper from the universe, you know, a gift actually to say something's awry. I need to really change this. How can I do this in a most productive and efficient way so I can get the outcome I want? You know what I love? You said the message in a bottle. And that came from um, I was just watching a guy live on Facebook the other day and he was talking to a group. Right. And he actually said in I think it's in Africa or India, maybe they have these watering holes where they'll dig water into the ground and then they'll fill up old water bottles to resell because, you know, third world country, they're trying to like, you know, this city and they're trying to make money. And he's like, but if you get one of those bottles and it doesn't make the sound when you open the bottle, then, you know, that water might lead to some issues. Right. (laughs) But what I heard from you, like in the stress shop is. How can we make time ourselves to really listen for that message in the bottle? Or who are the people that help us do that, right? So I think about the stress shop. I love that because how do we get grounded um, where we're at? I mean, is that, am I hearing that right, right? Yeah, and I'll give you a specific example. Uh, You know, this comes from a student who just kind of told me that she confided in me after class. She's like, you know, I've been drinking too much. Mm. And, you know, we know alcohol and drug use and sleep are huge issues for students, you know, and she's doing it because she's very stressed out. So there's a, there's a, a unproductive way because it's not like, Hey, we can't have a drink sometimes. Of course you gotta be 21 wink, wink, but um, <laughs> you don't gotta be, but <laughs> less but, consequence. consequences yeah you know so i'm not a prude but at the same time it's like if alcohol is your strategy and that leads to a a, a tolerance issue and you having to have a substance instead of actually being able to be an adult and and face your problems head on then we get a problem my point is she recognized this in the lieu of my in the context of my class and she sought help out with me after class because i'm part of her tribe now and you know, we're working on it. Right. And uh, that that's an idea of like she's taking her stress, putting in the shop and I'm in the shop with her. And we're going to try to reconfigure this and find strategies for her to deal with her stress, which is like social anxiety and things like that uh, in a more productive way and not have to use alcohol as much. Oh, it makes sense, man. You took me back down memory lane and I, I won't jump into it too long. But I remember with soccer, how soccer and those were swirled together for me because soccer was such a big piece of my identity. It was something I was very good at, but then it was like afterwards, that's what the team would do to celebrate. We're going to go out. Right. And so, but the thing was, it was like just that binge situation could happen so quickly. You know, you're just celebrating, you're having a good time. And that was, you know, the upperclassmen just led with that. That was the culture. And we weren't one at that time, by the way, which 
was very problematic. We'll talk about those consequences another day. Well, but, and yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, no. I was just no. That's awesome. I was just going to say in that social pressure. I heard you say that was like I didn't want to have that much to drink. So yeah, I could have had a couple of drinks and still had a great time, and it would have been healthy limit. But it's like, how do I find that edge? And when I was that age, and after I've had a couple of drinks. I'm not normally thinking that's not what's going on in the stress shop. <laughs> I am outside the shop. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to segue because that student came to me. That's that's a non-excellence. That's the antithesis of what we're exploring and discovering on this season is what does it mean to be excellent? And drinking yourself into a stupor because you can't deal with, with social anxiety is the antithesis of what we're talking about. So that's why, you know, we want to break open this notion of excellence and have our listeners really start uh, reflecting on this thing and then being very intentional about what is excellence, how does that manifest, and what parts of life are we looking to become more excellent in? And it could be many parts, or it could just be one. It could be sports. It could be relationships. It could be money. It could be physical fitness, whatever it is. And that's so we want to explore that. Oh, totally, man. I'm excited. And I think we've got some great guests that are going to be coming on to help us explore that. And some might push back on us and say, you know, some of them are exploring drinking excellence <laughs> by going down that road too far. Right. And it's like, but I love how you really pose the bigger question, right? Like, you know, and I, and I think that is when you're having fun, it's like, oh, that's an excellent social experience, but it gets muddled up. Right. I, I think I actually that's got right. confused way back in the day i'm like that was an excellent night and it's like it's tough to see those short term with Mm -hmm. with the long term right and i it's just i value and i think that's where we can explore this space together right because if you don't bring it into the shop or you don't bring it onto the trail it's much tougher to figure that out that's right well and and i'm just going to read the definition of excellence and i want to go back to a point you said about mentors the definition is it's the quality of being outstanding or extremely good at something, right? And that could be a, a, an intangible thing, not just like a dribbling the soccer ball. Not We know as older adults that drinking yourself to a stupor is not actually outstanding. In fact, that leads to some short and longer term consequences when not in check. Now, did we have some good nights and have some fun? Of course. But like, where's the line? And she's like, for the last three weeks, I have been drunk every day, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so that's, you know, maybe that's excellence for her, but she doesn't know what she doesn't know. And so you, you and I have been through that. We can kind of like, what we're trying to do is save people time, energy, and, and even money sometimes, and maybe troubles, like even legal troubles by listening to us and reflecting on these things and then changing their behavior. Oh yeah. And I think the interesting part you say is like, I think we actually did know, I think she probably did know that that wasn't what was excellence for her in the moment. It might've felt good, but afterwards she knew. And so to be able to have someone like yourself or a trusted, you know, mentor who's not judging, right. Who's just there, you know, open heartedly and, it's it's so valuable and and we need those people in our life because that's exactly how, how else would we really figure it out right because i think it's good i did want to chime in we were talking excellence do you mind if i shift a little bit shift it because, because we got to look at the time as well is just in terms of excellence shifting back over to my grandfather but i think it'll also be helpful for what our episode 2 will be looking at we got a great guy coming in aj dubois who uh, in the professional sense and in his goals sense, accomplishments, he's done some excellent stuff. 
But my grandfather, who we were talking about earlier with the how much wood of woodchuck chuck, right? This guy, right, was a huge inspiration to me for coaching and, and getting on the trail uh, with excellence in sport. He was a scout for the 49ers. Um, and you would never know this from talking to him. He's a very humble guy, other than if you saw one of his Super Bowl rings, which he had four. <laughs> so he was with the Niners from 74 to 94. He helped recruit the likes of Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Dwight Clark. Now, for some of the listeners, I hope you know Joe Montana. You definitely know Tom Brady, who was who was uh, Joe Montana was his idol. So that's who he looked to um, growing up. But anyway, he just accomplished some amazing stuff. Um, but for me, he was just grandpa. He was just, you know, a family member who loved me. And so excellence comes in many shapes and forms. Uh, I think exploring the character of the people who are excellent. I think exploring the process of what they go through. Right. And I think we got some great, great guests coming on that we're going to be able to do that with. I love it. And I'm going to leave uh, something with the listeners as we go to close is, you know, maybe it's time for you to start kind of journaling or reflecting on what does excellence look like for you? And what areas of your life are you either looking to, you know, gain more mastery and excellence or what areas in your life are you falling down in? Like the student I was talking about and, you know, kind of turning some of that around. So it could be a, a reactive situation where something's n- gone awry, or it could be a proactive situation where you like, you just like, yeah, you know what? I really wanted to turn this hobby into a business you know, and like really generative. And so either either way is fine, but just start reflecting on this notion of excellence and then who are the people in your court that can have these really strategic conversations about excellence with you? No, makes sense to me, man. And um, look forward to hearing, we've had a Facebook group that we got going. So people are chiming in there about what these things are. So we'll put some of this stuff in the notes and hopefully we hear from folks about what's going on. All right, my friend. Until until next episode, episode two, we'll uh, we'll talk to you then, bro. Final whistle just blew. That's it. <laughs> Cuckoo, <Coo-coo-coo-choo. laughs>